Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You guys, it is officially spooky season. How many times have I watched Hocus Pocus already? That's on a need-to-know basis. Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Jake has a podcast. Jake has a podcast. Oh my god, Jake has a podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, I cannot even describe to you how happy and grateful I am that it is October. The weather is finally not boiling hot. I don't leave the house and immediately drip. It's thrilling. If you've never spent a summer in New York City, first of all, you're not missing much, but it is so awful sometimes. Like there are some days where I'm like, I just simply cannot leave the house because I will melt. So I am saying hallelujah for spooky season. I actually just had the amazing opportunity to go and celebrate my dear friend Olivia Fenton's birthday in Connecticut. And we had a beautiful time doing fall shenanigans. We did a corn maze. We did apple cidery things. You guys, nothing beats the fall. I'm sorry, just nothing. But enough about the weather, because it is time to dive headfirst into this week's Broadway World Recap, brought to you by my amazing friends at BroadwayWorld.com. You guys, first up, we got a Broadway World first look at the trailer for a new non-replica production of Wicked, making its Sweden premiere. And I am honestly shook. This show looks incredible. I mean, obviously we know Wicked as a brand, as a color scheme as a sound. We just know it. It's been part of our lives for the last almost 20 years. But this non-replica creation looks amazing. The costumes look insane. The dancing looks amazing. And I think that even though it's in Swedish, since I know every single word, it would be just as powerful and moving to, to see it done in another language like this. I know that Stephen Schwartz is actually a huge fan of reimaginings of his work and when artists take new liberties and try new things with his already existing material, so I'm sure that Mr. Schwartz would be thrilled to see this new version of the show. But God, I wish I could see more. I'm like, do I have to fly to Sweden to see this show at the, like, Göteborg Soperin? I don't know if that's how you say it, but it, it it's scheduled to run through April of 2024. And you guys don't miss that trailer on BroadwayWorld.com. Next, you guys, we got the announcement this week that Scott Bakula is going to star in the world premiere of the new musical The Connector with music and lyrics by Jason Robert Brown off-Broadway. The show is set in the late 90s, and it is currently being billed as a timely new musical about two talented young journalists on increasingly diverging paths. It has a book by Jonathan Mark Sherman, and The Connector will actually feature Jason Robert Brown himself leading the band at each performance, and it reunites him with The Last Five Years and Songs for a New World director Daisy Prince. Performances are set to begin at MCC Theatre's Newman Mills Theatre on January 12th, and it will only run through February 18th, so I would go ahead and get your tickets now. Next, you guys, we got an incredible first look at the beautiful production photos of the new musical, A Wonderful World, a new musical about the life and loves of Louis Armstrong. 
The show stars the incredible James Monroe Iglehart as Louis himself, and these production photos could not be more stunning. The show is playing at the Sanger Theater in New Orleans, and it actually is already open by the time this episode comes out. It opened on October 6th. I know this show has its sights set for a Broadway transfer, and if these photos are any indication of what this show is, I don't think they will have any trouble at all making their way to New York City. So definitely check out those photos on broadwayworld.com. Next, you guys, in a really fun announcement, we have just learned that the 2024 Tony Awards have found a new home at Lincoln Center. The 77th Annual Tony Awards will broadcast live on June 16th, 2024 from the David H. Koch Theater at Lincoln Center, and this is actually the first time that Lincoln Center has ever hosted the Tony Awards. The Tonys have sort of bounced around for the last few years. Last year's ceremony was at the United Palace up in Washington Heights, but the ceremony notably took place at the world-famous Radio City Music Hall for many, many years. So I think this is a really exciting opportunity for Lincoln Center. Not to mention, it's so much easier for all of the people in the Broadway shows to get to the theater and back to their own theaters, because if you don't know, you have to wake up, rehearse the Tony Awards before your matinee, go do a matinee, and then come back to the theater to do the actual live broadcast of the Tonys. So those poor babies were hauling their cookies up and down the West Side Highway last year, and now they won't be nearly as far away, which is just lovely for them. The eligibility cutoff date for the 2023-2024 season is Thursday, April 25th for all Broadway productions that meet all of the eligibility requirements, and the nominations for the 2024 Tony Awards will be announced on Tuesday, April 30th. Next, you guys, we got a video of some drama happening on the West End. During the performance of the song, Do You Hear the People Sing from the iconic Les Miserables on the West End, Just Stop Oil protesters stormed the stage while unveiling banners displaying anti-fossil fuel messaging, and they actually chained themselves to the front of the stage. Theater staff was actually forced to evacuate the theater until finally the five protesters were arrested. And while I recognize that this was an inconvenience to the audience and, you know, a huge disruption to the actors on stage, these protesters got their point across. I mean, we're still talking about it right now on the podcast. One of the Just Stop Oil members, Hannah Taylor, is quoted saying, The show starts with Jean Valjean stealing a loaf of bread to feed his sister's starving child. How long before we are all forced to steal loaves of bread? How long before there are riots on the streets? The show cannot go on. We are facing catastrophe. New oil and gas means crop failure, starvation, and death. It is an act of war on the global south and an utter betrayal of young people. While I do not condone or encourage interrupting a performance of a musical, I do have to commend these people on taking a stand for what they believe in and pointing out the truths about the oil industry's huge contributions to global warming. Next time, just like maybe do it outside the theater or something, you know. And lastly, you guys, in an exciting bit of casting news, we just got word that Whitney Basher and Jessica Vosk are set to lead Beaches the Musical in their industry readings. The new musical is based on the best-selling novel, which was, of course, made into the iconic blockbuster film starring Bette Midler and Barbara Hershey, and Whitney and Jessica will lead two private industry readings on October 13th. For those who may not be familiar with what an industry reading is, it's essentially just a way for writers and creators and producers to get their show in front of potential other producers to come in on it together and hopefully get the show to a regional premiere and then eventually to Broadway. And of course, it helps when you have names like Jessica Vosk attached to it, because that only helps garner buzz about the show. And, you know, the vocals. I mean, come on, Miss Vosk can sing down. So I'm very excited to see if we get any sort of sneak preview of some of the recordings from that show. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. He is no stranger to the Broadway stage, a singer, dancer, actor, musician, writer, and he is currently starring in Two River Theater's production of Hair. Please welcome Mr. Jordan Dobson. Welcome! Uh, thank you so much. I'm thank so happy you for to be being here. here. Can you tell the listeners where you're calling from? Yes, I'm calling from Red Bank, New Jersey, 
at Two River Theater right now on our lunch break from rehearsal. So yeah, lots of fun. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh my God. So tell me everything. What What is it like to get to do this crazy kooky show? Oh my gosh, it's such a blast. Like it's it's just fun all around. I've been dying to do hair for so long. I've only ever seen it once in college, my school at Temple University. And it was incredible. And ever since then, I was like, I got to be in this one day. But a lot of, not many people do hair, not many uh, theaters. So I feel so lucky that I'm getting to do it now. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, like, timely (laughs) situation to do a show that (laughs) means so much to so many people for different reasons. But obviously, it is a a piece of art that is clearly making a statement. I love it. I think it's so exciting that you guys are able to have the opportunity. And the cast is so beautifully inclusive and diverse. I mean, it's I, I can't wait to see the show. I actually have never seen a production of Hair either. I have loved the music for so long. Um, or you said you didn't say that you hadn't seen it. You had you said you wanted to be in it. But I have never yeah. seen a production of Hair. So I am very excited to come and see you guys in your show. Oh my goodness, that's wild. Yeah, this will be a, a really fun one to see for the first time then. Hell yeah. So how did you um, first get involved with Two River Theatre Company? Um, my involvement with Two River, I, I'd actually never seen shows here, but I had, you know, just like watched their YouTube videos or what they have on Instagram, um, because I'd always heard great things about the theatre. And then one day I got a call that was just like, hey, we've seen you in shows we've seen footage of you and would you be interested in in um and doing this production of hair and meeting our director james vasquez who is so wonderful um so it kind of just came to me in a in a really beautiful way and i was like hell yeah like i'm not gonna miss this opportunity whatsoever it's such a good show and such a fun show to do like there's such a great message and and it's so important to tell the story and also to be able to have fun at the same time as doing something so important is such a blessing. Totally. you get to release through joy. So, yeah. Love it. Well, I have many things to ask you because you have an extensive list of illustrious Broadway credits. But um, <laughs> I must first ask about your um, involvement in the revival of West Side Story because it was sort of a crazy, like like sought after ticket in town. Like everyone was like, what are they doing at the Broadway theater? (laughs) So you had the opportunity to, um, were you standing by or were you understudy for Tony? I was standing by for Tony. And then about a week into previews, they were like, Hey, you're going to do a precautionary put in tomorrow. Okay. Which turned out to, I, it ended up being me taking over the role for about a month and a half full time. Right. Uh, which was really crazy. And then I just became the alternate for the role. We would do either five or th- five and three or six and two. But I was always doing at least two of the shows per week as Tony. Wow. Which was really crazy as my Broadway debut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, insane. Like, this was also such a precarious time in the world of musical theater because this was like pre-pandemic everyone was, it was kind of booming. Like things were like really like things are happening uptown. Things are happening downtown. There's new stuff out of town that's coming to Broadway. And then like this show specifically was one that was like very talked about. It was very anticipated. So to make your Broadway debut in something that huge is so wild. And I must ask too, like to be in a show like that surrounded by so many people of color for your Broadway debut must have been so just thrilling, just like lifting all of those people of color up on this huge platform with this production. What was that like? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just so crazy overall. Like you said, the whole industry was kind of booming at this time and West side was this huge thing. So I didn't really know how to react to all of it. It just felt surreal, but then to be in a, in such a huge company, a young company and diverse company with, with so many people of color, it was just exciting because we were all experiencing this level of theater or this level of performing for the first time together. There were 33 Broadway debuts in that show, wow. myself included. 
so yeah it wasn't like you know all jaded queens being like we've been on broadway for years like yeah. whatever we like so many of us were like oh my gosh this is so freaking cool <laughs> um so there was so much support and so much space for excitement and space for everything to be brand new and fresh that it just felt like uh it, a huge family like but it, I think there were like 53 people in this show total. Mm-hmm. So when I say huge, I really mean it. It yeah. was like yeah. everywhere you turn, there's a person. So yeah, it was just everything about that experience was just crazy. But there was such camaraderie and I made lifelong friends in that show that I still have today. So I'm very grateful for it. Totally. I mean, you you did mention, you know, sort of that like air of newness and like, how it wasn't just the um, the cast that was so new to to Broadway and everything, but like you really sort of got to put your own stamp on what we as an industry know West Side Story to be, and I I was just thrilled for all of you. I mean, I it, um, a dear friend of mine, Duran, was in the show, and like getting to see him just like try his hand at so many different things. Cause he was tossed around too. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. He played two different roles in the show. He started out as action and was incredible. And then ended up taking over the role of riff, uh, which was really wonderful to watch him shine and grow in that way. Yeah. We were all just like kind of watching each other tackle these huge uh, adventures and, yeah. and these huge roles um, in these really difficult situations and just watching each other step up to bat and step to the plate and really have mo- big moments of growth in our lives um, and supporting each other the whole way. So it was really uh, scary, but with so much support from each other, which was really nice. Sure. So did you guys know going in that what you were going to do was going to be so different than, you know, like a typical production of West Side Story? Like what even was your sort of rehearsal (laughs) process like with so much like new material? Yeah, we knew it was going to be weird and different from the auditions. (laughs) Like I've never had an audition experience like this. (laughs) Tell me, tell me. (laughs) Well, I went in, I think a total of seven or eight times for the standby for Tony. Mm -hmm. Isaac Powell was already cast as Tony and I knew that. So I was like, oh, what's going on? And they had me like improv dance out of nowhere by myself. That was crazy. Um, and I was just like, what? And they were just like, yeah, just show us how you move. There was no music. I was just <laughs> like, okay. So I'm just like fl- flailing around. Um, I think a few, like many people had a similar story of like the improv dance by ourselves. Um, and yeah, just just like chemistry reads, you know, that whole shebang. Um but then we got to rehearsals and it was like a two week basically workshop at the start of rehearsals that was just different styles of dance, like house dance, um, jazz, ballet, hip hop, like everything under the sun. And it doesn't matter if you were a dancer or not, you were doing this workshop. Like I'm here like, oh, I'm just the standby for Tony. I'm not dancing in this show. No, I was like rolling around on the floor. doing flips, <laughs> handstands. So it was crazy. And we knew, like, as soon as there were no snaps, the snap, snap. They were like, we're not doing that. We're not even, like, dancing in the prologue. It's just going to be, like, intense (laughs) uh, staging and fighting. That we're like, oh, we're really in for something different here. And and some, some folks in the show really understood it earlier. And some, like myself... I, I really did not. I was hmm. like, I don't really know what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> but there were really wonderful leaders in the show. Jasenia Ayala and Ben Cook and Isaac Powell and Shireen Pimentel. Like, they all, once they had a grasp on it, really led us uh, as a company through how to go about this and what is the style or what are we even doing. So it was always a really uh, a big group effort amongst the cast, which was really fun because it was all young people yeah. stepping into these leadership positions. Totally. And some of the most iconic roles in the musical theater canon. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So then when you, when it was announced that like post COVID, the show was not going to come back. Was that something that you, like most of you probably anticipated or was it like, Oh, we're, we're going to do it again. And then because the world went crazy, you couldn't do it. Yeah, no, we did not anticipate it whatsoever. We were, renegotiating contracts actually Mm -hmm. like they were they were like all right who's resigning and what does that look like 
Um, so we, it was really, it hit us pretty hard to be quite honest. Sure. Um, no one, no one saw it coming, but I myself personally could not see myself. Like I, I just saw that chapter of my life closed and I was like, for some reason, I can't see myself going back to West Side Story. Hmm. Not that I did, like, had a, didn't have a great time or anything. I just couldn't see it in my future for some reason. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was because it was never going to happen. So spiritually, I kind of had a warning. <laughs> Somehow the universe was like, this is, you're not going back to this. And I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I kind of had a buffer there. So, Well, you obviously were able to move on to other beautiful things because you went on to play <laughs> Orpheus in Hades town. What the hell? Jordan. What an amazing fun. show and what an amazing role. I, I must ask, I mean, of all the shows that I have seen in probably the last 10 years, Hades town is one that just like time and time again, just hits so hard. It just, it hits like mm. the music, the storytelling, the choreography, all of it. What is it like to go basically into an already existing, like huge machine show like Hades Town in the lead role? Yeah, yeah. It was so wild, to be quite honest. I have been aware of Hades Town for so long and and just yeah, I, I kinda stopped listening to the album when it reached Broadway because I was like, oh, I really want to do this role one day and I really want to make it my own. So I'm just going to like put it aside until it comes to me. And thank God it really did because I was like banking on somehow getting to do this role at some point <laughs> in my life. And I had a few opportunities to join Hades Town actually. Um, and it never worked out either scheduling wise or for other reasons. So when the opportunity came around this time, it was the third time and it was like, okay, third time, like we got to make this happen. Like no matter what, no matter what's going on, I have to do this. And I got to play the role of Orpheus, which was just a dream come true. I've never felt like a role, like I was so right for a role and vocally it's exactly where I like to sing and the style that I like to sing. The music is gorgeous. And just like the, the role of Orpheus, he leads with his heart in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And after after doing West Side, like, it's such a tragedy and it is so heavy and so dark. Doing that eight times a week, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of sad sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You, you, bring it, you bring it home with you. So to step into Orpheus and play a role who is so full of life and so full of heart was really beautiful, even though obviously it is also a tragedy. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler they, they alert. Say it, they say it about a hundred times throughout the show. It's a sad <laughs> song. It's a tragedy. But there is still hope at the end where it's like, well, we're going to sing it again. Um, that like, let me leave the stage door and go home feeling good. Uh, whereas West Side, there's no hope. It's like, I'm dead. Everyone's dead, and, honey. Right. <laughs> yeah, everyone's dead and rained on and covered in blood. So, <laughs> At least in that production. Yeah. So Hades Town was just a dream come true. And I got to go back to it during that like crazy COVID week where it was like Avengers Assemble. Everyone who's ever been in Hades Town <laughs> kind of came back to this show. Yes. Um, so that was really fun. And honestly, I want to do it again. I miss that role so much. So who knows? And what an amazing opportunity, too, because you are a musician and that is a role that like really does require that level of proficiency with with you know playing guitar oh. and and not only like being an actor and telling the story but like you have to <laughs> you have to play the music for yourself yeah which is such a like it's so fulfilling because I started out in music that's how I got into performing um I was an instrumentalist first so when I get to play an instrument on stage as well as act and sing and dance, I feel like I'm being my full self and my full artist. So there's just another level of comfort or offering what I can bring to the table when I get to play an instrument like in Hades Town and in A Beautiful Noise as well. I get to play guitar. So mm-hmm. just really, yeah, I've been getting very blessed with being able to show so much of who I am on stage. Totally. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So tell me about your your background as a musician is that did that come from your childhood and and you know your family like are you do you come from a very musical household or what what was that like yeah growing up? yeah well I grew up in church and my dad played the drums in church and my uncle played the keyboard and my aunt was singing in church so music was always a part of my life and I got a drum set when I was eight years old and started piano lessons around the same time uh so those were pretty solid, like percussion and piano. And then I started playing the woodwinds in school because my school offered it in like fourth grade. So I started with clarinet and worked my way through all the woodwinds. And then high school, things really took a turn where I was so, music was my life. Like I was doing everything, marching band, jazz band, drum line, anything like symphonic band, you can, you name it, I was in it and was auditioning for colleges for music, for woodwind performance. And some for uh, composition and conducting. But I, I saw a production of a parade at the Arden Theater in Philly. And it kind of rocked my world. And I was like, I think I want to do this. And there was a girl who was in that production. Her name is Kat Bruner. She's my dear friend today. I love her. And she, it was like, Kat Bruner is a sophomore at Temple University. And I was like, okay, but I'll audition for Temple University <laughs> for, <laughs> for musical theater and try to beat Kat Bruner. <laughs> and if I get into this one program, it's meant to be, I should be an actor instead. And then I got in like that, I think that day they told my dad and then they told me the following day. So wow. I was like, it's a sign. I'm switching everything. I'm switching. And luckily, yeah. And luckily music is still such a big part of my life. So yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So you always sort of knew, though, that like art and music were your path. Yeah, yeah. There was a period where I was going to be a veterinarian. Um, oh, but what? then in high school, come on, yeah, yeah, totally. I was like, I'm going to go to University of Pennsylvania, be a vet. But then high school, when the music really took off, when I was so engulfed in it, I was like, oh, there's no way. There's no way. I, I'm. Uh, like performing is definitely how I'm going to do this. Wow. This life. <laughs> and how fortunate you were that you, you know, had people in your corner to say, yes, this is a viable career opportunity. You can actually make art your job. Oh my goodness. Yes. It was, I mean, my family, I didn't, I did not come from money and like performing often requires money and training. You oh know? yeah. It's so, so insanely gatekeeped. Gate kept, so, gatekeeping. Like, wild. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. gatekeeping galore. <laughs> yeah. So, so my parents really sacrificed so much for my, like, private clarinet lessons and stuff like that. And to, just to drive me to rehearsal, marching band and all that. And then for me, out of nowhere, senior year, to be like, actually, all of that, never mind. I want to be an actor. And they were like, are you even good <laughs> at acting? Can you sing even? Like, they were like, all this money we spent and... I am just so blessed that I have a family that was like, okay, as long as you have a plan, we will help and support in any way that we can. And my family, you know, broke their backs to get me here. And I'm so grateful for that. So I share all of this with them. Uh, And how proud they must be because you clearly did have it, have it all to back it up. You were like, actually, I'm going to switch everything. And yes, I'm also going to be very good at it. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank God. I know they probably were relieved when I started working professionally in theater. They're like, wait a minute. He can do this. 
Yes, yeah, exactly. And then they were there on my Broadway debut as Tony in West Side Story. And oh, the tears. The tears oh, my were just God. Flowing. It was insane. I cannot even imagine. I mean, I, I remember having my parents at my Broadway debut was like such a full circle moment because it's just something that you always, you know, it's it's your dream. And so to actually like tangibly have it is so bizarre and like out of body. Like I remember like my mom sent me the photo of like her and my dad and my sister, like sitting in the audience. And I was like backstage, like putting on my lashes. And I was like, this is fucking wild. Yeah. It really is. Cause no one can get to that level of success. Broadway, Broadway or not. Cause there's so many different, uh, forms of success in this industry, mm-hmm. but no one can get to that level of su- of success by themselves. So to have the people there with you in that moment who helped you get there is a feeling that like uh, it makes me sob like a baby every time I even think about it. I know. It's so it just like hits you right in the heart. And like every yeah. friend, every like acquaintance who just like drops everything to run and get a ticket to see your show. It's just like amazing. It's so cool. Yeah, it really is. Well, you mentioned it uh, a little while ago, but I am also dying to ask about A Beautiful Noise because I have many friends in the show. I love Makai. I love Ah. Kalanji. I love everybody in that building. Freaking Robin Herter. Are you kidding me? What was it like to work on a show where you are telling the story of someone who actually exists? It's the a Neil weird Diamond business. musical. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. We never said it. It's the Neil Diamond yeah. <laughs> musical. Um, the people know. It's on Broadway. Exactly. It's exactly. on Broadway. Sweet They're Caroline. Sweet Caroline, baby. Um, honestly, it's so weird because the person is still with us. So he was like in the room. Right. So we would be like, that's Neil Diamond right there. And here's Will. Willie Swent, as we like to call him, playing <laughs> playing Neil Diamond right in front of him. Mm-hmm. It was so cool and weird. And also, like, I didn't know much about Neil Diamond before this. I had no clue about this man except for Sweet Caroline. And then I found out later that he wrote I'm a Believer, which I know from Shrek. Um, <laughs> yes! <so laughs> that was really it. Um, so it was super educational to, like, now know his canon so well and his life so well. Um and just in general, that experience was so fulfilling because the people that are involved in that show, that creative team, that cast, the crew backstage in both Boston and Broadway, I feel so lucky to have gotten to work with every single one of those people and to call them my friends and my family now to this day. I mean, I have brothers and sisters in that show now that I have forever. Um, we, we all just got really close and so many of us were there from the start, like made it from the workshop and then took it to Boston and then to Broadway, which is the first time I've ever been involved in something that long and watched the evolution to Broadway. Right. So that was a huge learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. And also to have such ownership over the show. Cause it's like, damn, we created this thing. So I feel very protective over it, which is. <laughs> kind of weird. That's so sweet, though. I love that. So tell the listeners who may not even really understand or be familiar with that process, what what it's like to audition for a show, a workshop of a show, and be cast. Sometimes it's a 29-hour reading, and you're literally doing five days. Sometimes it's a mm-hmm. two-week. Sometimes it's a month. You never really know, depending on what the show is. And then you go from that to an actually fully-fledged production of the show out of town, because we can't afford to do it in New York. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then to Broadway. (laughs) What was that like? I mean, some people don't even realize that, like, you're you're involved in a show. You could be involved with a show for five years before it has ever made it to New York. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I feel like I've been doing A Beautiful Noise since I was 12, because Mm. I started that show, the process in that show, before I even joined Hadestown. Um, Hadestown came in the middle of the workshop in Boston. So basically for those listening at home, you audition for like a small reading of something, you book it, you do it, and you're not attached. You're just like, okay, that was cool. And if (laughs) you're lucky, you know, because they replace people left and right. Of course. So then you get get asked, hopefully, to do a longer, you know, 
staging reading and then it's like okay this may last two weeks like there's different tiers to readings now or workshops nowadays tier one tier two and tier three sure. and tier three is the most involved and like contractually so get, yeah 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 when you get to tier three you you know you're doing this for at least a month long um you're doing basically the full show in a rehearsal room which means you get a share of the profits because you're building this thing mm-hmm. and tier three that that company shares one percent of the profits once the show recoups on Broadway. So now you're invested if you make it to the tier three. Quite portion. literally, yeah, literally. But it doesn't mean that you will be taken to Broadway or or the out of town before that. So this whole time, the the elders in the cast, those who are veterans and things, were like, "Be grateful for the job that you have now." And that was some of the best advice because. A lot of us were like, oh, we're, this show's going to Broadway. We know it's going to Broadway. They have a theater already. And wonderfully, Linda Powell, who has taught me so many lessons, kind of just pulled me aside and she was like, the show is going to Broadway. Be grateful for what you have right now. There's no telling who is coming with the show. Uh-huh. And that is just years of experience. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And half of the cast from the workshop went to Boston. So that was like a big awakening of, Oh shit! You know, that's like nothing that was is hot. guaranteed. Yeah, nothing at all. And you know, um, my journey was you know I moved on to Boston with the show, and you you watch it shift once there's an audience and once you have previews and how people react to it, and then you watch it shift to Broadway. You know, there's no secret things become a little bit more commercial as they move to Broadway to make it sell and. You know, that's a necessary part of what we do. It is an industry. It's a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning how to hold on to the artistry that we created in these workshops and these rooms downtown or whatever, and hold on to that through this Broadway version of it <clears throat> is a skill, a skill that I'm still working on honing. Um, I've only done that really twice. Um, so it's something I'm interesting, interested in strengthening. Um and and also, yeah, just like being able to come with the freshness of, all right, we've done this for years of our life, and now we're just now getting to Broadway. And now we have, you know, press and Thanksgiving Day Parade and, you know, like gearing up for all these Good Morning Americas. That's that's a learning curve in itself. How do you even keep yourself afloat? Totally. Doing the show eight times a week and, and that. Wow. It's wild. <laughs> that is wild. So what was your, um, like, full like capacity within the show you were um sort of all over the place in terms of like covering people right or like ensemble and and um different like features throughout the show yeah i never actually covered in the show but i was in the ensemble and then did a bunch of different features throughout the show because they kind of built it on us and then something that always stuck is i walked i came into my audition with my own arrangement of the song Shiloh, which is a Neil Diamond song. And from the audition, I I played it on my guitar and Michael Mayer kept having me do it over and over again in the callbacks. And I was like, why does he keep having me do just the song that I auditioned with? Like, that's not material from the show. Come to find out he was planning on putting that arrangement into the show and having me sing my own thing. So that always kept, and that was kind of my big feature and I really big turning point in the show too which i was very grateful for because who would have thought like my arrangements are on broadway what the hell that's incredible and i get to sing it and it's because you maybe even like on a whim were like yeah i'll do this for the audition yeah no literally i was like i know nothing about neil diamond i don't know his music but shiloh is the song that i like the lyrics to the most Uh uh-huh and i was like i don't sing like neil diamond but if they're down i'm just gonna sing it how I like to sing it and do my own version and you know just having my artistry recognized in that way and celebrated in that way was something I never experienced wow so I'm I mean, so grateful to that team that's that literally team. the Jordan Dobson track now like any anybody yeah. who ever goes in and does that feature is doing what you created which is like so insane yeah and when I left the show my dear friend DeAndre Savan took over for me and I honestly couldn't be happier with like kind of passing that mantle on to him he's such a beautiful spirit a beautiful soul and so talented so it kind of like stayed within the family in a beautiful way a beautiful noise 
A beautiful noise. A beautiful way. A beautiful noise. <laughs> so, would you tell me a little bit about what it's like to? Um, approach a show I mean you obviously shared how you were with the show for so long but um, you made your Broadway debut in like a principal role the lead role so then anything after that in terms of like auditions are there things that like maybe like your representation or or like other people have been like well you don't need to do that because you have been a principal so then what is it like to jump totally. from there to an ensemble track in a new show? I mean, obviously it's still just as like yeah. wonderful and fulfilling for you as a person, but what does that look like in terms of like your career? I just know that I've other I've had yeah, other conversations with people who've been like I can't go back into the ensemble. Totally. It's a very unlikely journey yeah. to like I had done two principal roles. I had done Tony in West Side and then Orpheus, Orpheus. in Hades Town. Um, so it was like, everyone was just kind of like, are you sure you're going to do this? But to me, like, and, and mainly my reps more than anything, you know, their job is to keep my career going and and growing. And, um, so they were like, ah, let's talk about this. But you know, one, I like to dance. I really love dancing. And so being in the ensemble is an opportunity to hone that skill and be able to utilize that skill set. And two, I like being in the ensemble. It's just fun. Like, there's a lot more freedom um, that you have. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, in my mind, I'm just like, I'm having fun. These are cool people that I like building and creating with. So I'm going to do it. And I don't think it'll, like, stop the momentum of my career in any way. Totally. Um, because, I, quite frankly, like... I, I'm in charge of my career and I don't think any casting people are going to be like, now that he did the ensemble, we're not going to call him in for a lead again. Of course. So even now, like after originating a a principal role in a brand new show, I would do the ensemble again, 1000% because it's fun. And if someone wants to have me in their ensemble, let me know. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You heard it here first. (laughs) And you know, if another principal or when another principal role comes up, I'll gladly do that too. Um, I feel that so hard. I even yeah. like within the show that I played a principal role and I'm like, girl, put me in the ensemble. I want to dance. I want to right, right. do the fosse. <laughs> it's so exactly. good. It's just, yeah, it's fun in a whole new way. And it's a different form of storytelling. Cause to me, dance is the most visceral form of storytelling. Mm. You know, they always say when words are not enough, we sing. And when singing's not enough to convey the emotion, we dance. So by that logic and that formula of musical theater, dance is the most pure form of storytelling. Everyone speaks body language. So, yeah, I think it's really undervalued sometimes. And also, like, in the the hierarchy of this business, I'm getting on a soapbox a little bit, but we need to uh, treat our ensemble with a little more respect overall. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's just so much BS that you have to deal with Mm -hmm. when you're in the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not talking specifically a beautiful noise. I've been in the ensemble of many different shows. Sure. um, Like regionally and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, just that hierarchy, I'm going to throw out to our listeners, maybe something we reconsider how we go about. And that's something I try to bring into going into Bad Cinderella uh, as a principal and as someone who has this privilege of being a principal, you are treated differently. Yep. Um, try to ha- carry that awareness as a leader in the company to make sure everyone is, has a level of respect that, it, that is a standard. Yeah. So. And that they just like inherently deserve. I, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of insane that we haven't even, we haven't even come to a place where like these commercial, um, like awards, can't be can't recognize an ensemble in a new show I'm yeah like, but where is the logic there like we have yeah what's going on with that every part of the like, creative team can be nominated but the core group of people who are not like as you said privileged enough to be considered a principal don't get recognized how come on oh my gosh yeah tony awards listen tony up. awards get it together come on like the the dance community has lifted themselves up through the Cheetah Rivera Awards, which is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And you see this beautiful display of community 
And I'm like, this should be televised too. Exactly. Sorry, I don't know if I can curse on here. Oh my God, of course you can. Okay, yeah, put that shit on TV. Put that on the Tony Awards. So they need to get it together. Also, music directions doesn't have a category. Ridiculous. I'm just like, I'm just like now stating all my problems with the industry. But (laughs) yeah, get it together. No, 100%. I also, I still cannot believe that it's all gendered. Like, yeah. How how the performance categories are gendered, but no other categories are because it doesn't fucking no matter. Other categories, and there's like a very clear solution: just <laughs> best best performance in a leading role. You nominate twice as many people, correct? And two people win. Yes. Yeah. Just it's that simple. Or one person doesn't even really or, matter yeah, because honestly, at the end true. of the day, if I was nominated for a Tony Award, that would be a win enough for me. So I'm like, exactly. you, know, you know what? Give it to someone else because that's fine. I already did it. Right, right. But like, Crazy. we really don't need these gendered categories. No, like, no, come no. On. No, darlings. Grow up, everybody. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> Hopefully next year. Well, you mentioned it. I cannot wait to ask about Bad Cinderella on Broadway. <laughs> you were the <laughs> original Prince Sebastian. In the Broadway company, what is it like (laughs) to take on a show that has already had life across the pond on the West End, and then it transfers to Broadway with, you know, just like this little known composer, lyricist, Andrew Lloyd (laughs) fucking Weber. Like, what was that like? Good old Andy Webbs. It was fun. Andy Webb. Um, no. Hello, <laughs> Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, no, it was just fun. <laughs> the full title. Of course. It was a blast. Honestly, like, it's such a fun show and a silly show that, you know, like, does have a beautiful message, but doesn't take itself too seriously. So mm-hmm. no one in the process took it too seriously, which made for just, like, a great, like, a great day at work every day. Um, the The cast was just down a clown i say that all the time but yeah everyone was just like a fun comedian so i got to learn a lot about comedy mm-hmm. and then andrew he's just so i mean he's just so like normal which is weird he's so <laughs> chill he's just like just like a just like a dad so um yeah it, it was just kind of weird I, like this sounds weird to say but i was kind of used to that kind of vibe because I've luckily gotten to work with these huge titans in the industry. Like Sondheim was around when we were doing West Side. Right. um, You know, um, yeah, just all these different, Michael Mayer and Rachel Chapkin. Neil Diamond in the room with you. Yeah, Neil Diamond, uh, Dion DiMucci. I did his show at Paper Mill. Um, So yeah, I've just gotten really lucky to like not be starstruck really much anymore. Unless like Beyonce is my boss next. Like I think I'm... (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm, like, pretty cool in the room with these big names now. Girl, Um, I just got a Beyonce tattoo. My third Beyonce (gasps) tattoo, but I'm obsessed. You did? Yes. What is it? It's her in the bodysuit. Do you want to see it? I'm like, (gasps) for the listeners at home, I'm I'm fully showing my thigh tattoo on camera. Yes, and I'll I'll describe to the listeners. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Thank you! Oh, and it's got the bodysuit with the hands on her. You guys know what I'm talking about. Of course! Ah, that's incredible. (laughs) I love... So yeah, unless she's my boss, like, I think... (laughs) I think I'm, like, pretty chill in the room overall. And, And Andrew, he's so talented specifically with orchestration. That is where I was like, wow, this man really is a titan. The way he orchestrates a song is like something I've never experienced. And the song that I sang in the show, oh, good God, I was so lucky. He oh, my God. It was my favorite part of the of show. That. that song oh, was you. so beautiful. Obviously, you killed it. But like that song just it was so stunning. Yeah, the song, sweeping romance. It's everything you want from Angeloid Weber with this, like huge ending. I was holding that note for like... 10 freaking years um <laughs> which was a challenge every day so yeah i i grew a lot as as a comedic actor i grew a lot as a vocalist oh and i had to like overcome so i had laryngitis throughout that run so just like figuring out how to sing while you're dealing with vocal shit uh was a big lesson um and yeah we just like it was just like partying on stage the whole time so 
We had a ball. I mean, it was so fun. I loved that show. And there, like, it obviously, reviews are reviews and bullshit is bullshit. But like, right. when you go into a show just excited to experience it, it you can't not have fun. Like that show was so ridiculous. It was so <laughs> campy. Carolee Carmelo obviously eats it oh my God. up in that show. The costumes were stunning. Like... I, I loved it. I thought it was so, so fun. And I wish that it could have been embraced in a a more, like, just camp feel. Because I was like, this is yeah. for the gays. This is for the gays. No, totally. Yeah, there was... I wish the same, because there was such a vendetta against this show from the start. Right. So we knew what was up. Right. Like, no <laughs> one was like, yeah, we have the support of the community right. when we were starting this. Like, we knew. We're not dumb. Well, and none um, of you were like, yes, we are doing the Cherry Orchard. Right. This is Chekhov. Like, at all. Like, we're all very talented performers. Right. But no one was like, this is our magnum opus, you know? <laughs> I don't I don't even know what that phrase really means. I don't know if I used it correctly, but <laughs> I, <laughs> but y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um <laughs> so yeah, I like luckily the like BS of like everyone just like having this vendetta against the show never it didn't infiltrate the building too much like we still were having fun knowing that everyone was like down with bad cinderella we're like whatever we're kind of of just dancing and singing and having a good time well and you're like sorry about it let me just cash my check yeah the checks are still clear right so (laughs) like whatever y'all have to say it's like okay and i learned that from from a really wonderful performer who was like unnecessarily getting shit on and they were like all right, they don't like the way I sing this. I'm still getting my check cleared every day. And I'm like, amen. That's that's the energy I'm trying to move forward with in my career. We can do what we can do as performers. We give everything we have. Not everyone's going to like it. So whatever. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I love it. But yeah. how, how was the experience getting to um, sort of like fully create that that role and that track. I mean, obviously, you know, I mentioned that it had already been done on the West End, but coming to Broadway right. from across the way, you know, with Andrew Lloyd Webber attached to it, that's got to be a huge, like, daunting thing to be like, okay, we're hiring someone new. It's you, Jordan. Do it. Right. Right. It was fun. Like, it didn't feel super daunting. Um, the only thing that felt daunting was when I wanted to change shit up. When I wanted to change things up, sorry, and having to just go to <laughs> having to like go to the creative team and figure out how to like get what I wanted accomplished versus what they wanted. Um, so yeah, just like navigating how much ownership I have over the role versus how much they they're like, well, this is that this was done before. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little difficult for me, but it, once again, a great lesson. Um, and that's, you know, that's team to team. It's a different story every time. Totally. Uh, so just like having the experience to work with new people again. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I just seeked out a lot of advice from Carolee Carmelo and Grace McQueen because they were two veterans who are so skilled with comedy and are genius. so skilled with the style. They're, they're, they really are geniuses. So I would just like go up to them all the time and be like, help. Like, how do I make this funny or how do I do this and you know it was it was a group effort and then Linetti 
is just everything you want in a scene partner. Mm. Everything you could ever ask for. She's so generous on stage, off stage. Um, <clears throat> she's also just so incredibly talented. And like, let's let it be known, she had the hardest job in the show. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, like the hardest job carrying that entire show, getting the audience on her side. Like, you know, like she does not get enough credit for what she did. And she, uh, her voice, just, she sang it so beautifully and so powerfully. Mm -hmm. So just watching her deal with everything she dealt with, with Grace, and watching her embrace everything that was, that came her way. I mean, there was like, you know, a lot of good and a lot of bad in in this whole uh, experience. But watching her, uh, like live up to the good that would come her way mm. and embrace it as in such power was so cool to watch. And then watching her and like deal with the BS with such grace and poise and just be like, whatever. Like she's like, I'm a she's like I'm a stepmom. Like I I'm raising a family over here. I have two dogs, two stepsons. Like right. I'm I'm about my business. I got shit to do over uh, here. All right. So it was just cool. I felt like I was just learning from everyone as much as I could, which allowed me to not be so scared in like totally. creating this new role and originating this thing on Broadway. So yeah. And, and luckily this was my fourth show on Broadway. So the scope of that wasn't scary. It was just, it was just like creating something that was like, you're getting reviewed for the first time in this role. Yes. Like, here we go. Yeah. It's your name. Um, Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Just another experience I'll bring with me forward and, Save it for the books, honey. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, switching gears, because I have kept you long enough, I have a series of musical theater rapid-fire questions that I ask every guest. But first, before I ask you these, I do have one more question about your current production of Hair at Two River Theater. Are you guys doing the nudity Spill the tea. They are naked. Naked. Yeah, yeah we're, we're getting real naked over here. So how Although, do you deal with that? Do you have an intimacy director or coordinator? Yes, we have a really, really wonderful intimacy director and coordinator named Noel, um, who we went to the same college, actually. I just missed her by one year. Fantastic. Um, Temple. But she's incredible and just creates a really safe space for people to, you know, share how they feel about it and I mean about many things in the show and here the the policy is it's a night by night decision so if you are one night not really feeling as confident as you were the last night you don't have to do it you can keep on undergarments you know things like that your grandma sitting in the front row you don't want to get naked in front of her you don't have to uh which I think is a really beautiful thing and I think like that's how it always should be if you're getting nude in the show like you're not always feeling like getting nude um so yeah but yeah overall we get naked here i didn't realize that claude i play claude in the show i didn't realize that claude is the only one who doesn't get naked and i'm over here <laughs> so excited i'm like all right like gearing up like getting my psyche in order i'm like oh, i'm gonna be naked in front of a bunch of people and then we get to it and they're like no you're singing the song <laughs> where they're all getting naked and i was like oh shit well bam <laughs> Yeah, and, and in the the production that I saw in college, they did this thing where Claude was naked by himself in Aquarius, because it was like the birth mm. of Claude, and then he dies at the end, which is really beautiful. Brandon McShaffrey directed that, shout out. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, Claude's naked more than anyone. Yeah. Not the case. So I'm <laughs> I'm actually not naked as of yet. So We're still listeners, so unfortunately, you table. will not be seeing Jordan naked this time. Maybe, because we're still in rehearsals. <laughs> Anything's on the table. They might add it in. So come for a surprise. Love, Maybe I do. Love. All right, well, <laughs> the time has come for me to ask you this series of musical theater rapid-fire questions, and I think my first question will be a doozy for you because you've worked with both of them. Ah. Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? <gasps> I can't. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, fine, I fine. Knew, you get a pass for that one. I know both of these people. Okay, yeah. Okay, fine. I, I love both for different reasons. Okay, that's acceptable. I actually, yeah. <laughs> Sweatpants or jeans? Jeans. Do you have a favorite musical? 
Oh, right now on Broadway and Juliet. Overall, I don't know. I would have to think about that a little longer. What about a least favorite musical? A least favorite musical. Um, a least favorite musical. Probably like a Susical, maybe. I don't really know it, and everyone does, and I'm just like, I don't get it. Uh huh. That's me. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone out there. <laughs> would you ever like to do a Broadway play? I'm dying to do a Broadway play. Let me sit in a chair and talk. <laughs> There's no... I don't got to worry about not hitting notes or not landing a turn. Mm-hmm. Please put me in a play if anyone <laughs> wants to. Um, are you a morning person or a night owl? I used to be a morning person, but this industry has turned me into a night owl. Yes. So against my will, I'm a night owl now. <laughs> Um, could you think of the craziest thing a director has ever asked you to do? Um, I immediately, my mind goes to West Side Story because that was the craziest experience of my life. Craziest thing in that? Probably fight, uh, fight in the rain with like 30, 20 year olds. <laughs> who were just like, we were just throwing ourselves around. Like that was actual just- pouring water on stage. Yeah, that was the craziest thing I've ever been asked to do, and probably the craziest thing I will ever do. <laughs> I think I think we're going to chill out from here on out Love in that. my career. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, golden age or contemporary? Ooh. There's something so wonderful about golden age, and I do love singing it. But contemporary musicals are adding for so much... Just, like, just shit you don't see often. So, yeah, I'll say contemporary. Love that. Um, what is your favorite role you've ever played? Orpheus. Orpheus. Um, That's an easy one. Coffee or tea? Tea. I can't do caffeine, so caffeine-free mm. tea. Mm. I got. I get panic attacks if I have caffeine. Girl, so. I need to. None for me. I need to curb that caffeine, honey. <laughs> um, could you name all of the Broadway theaters that you have performed in? <clears throat> Oh, I can. Yeah. Started out at the Broadway Theater. Then, oh, oh, the Walter Kerr. Mm-hmm. Then the Broadhurst. Then the Imperial. Love. <clears throat> um, do you have a favorite costume that you've ever worn? Oh, yes. Oh, oh, definitely Bad Cinderella. Um, the costumes in that show were amazing. When I'm like, whenever I'm in the woods in Bad Cinderella, I got to wear this really cool coat that has a hood. And it like squishes around and I just loved the feeling. Especially yes. I did this like dramatic like rush downstage in my song. And <laughs> the the coat like like flew in the wind. It was really fun. Love it. Uh who would you say is the silliest cast member in your current company of hair? Tiffany Francis. Tiffany <laughs> called out on the pod. Tiffany. She's in the ensemble of this show. Also, I saw her as Josephine in Ain't Too Proud after Pandemic. She slays. Just had to throw that in there. Oh my God, shout out to And she's she's the silliest. Yeah. Love it. Definitely her by far. And my last question for you, which I ask every single guest is, what is one thing that you would tell baby Jordan? Oh, baby Jordan. Sweet baby Jordan. Breathe a little deeper young child Mm. just breathe and deep deep breaths and just yeah know that the breath is enough to carry you through that's all love well jordan and to save your money (laughs) (laughs) that's the tea yeah well jordan thank you so so much for coming on the pod you are such a treat can you tell the listeners where they can find you on socials to keep up with all of your goodness Yes, I'm only on Instagram. It's at Jordan Dobson underscore. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-D-O-B-S-O-N underscore. Yeah, I'm just on there. And thank you so much for having me on the pod. Oh my God, of course. I cannot wait to come and see your show. Yes, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, You Guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. And you can follow the show on Instagram at OhMyPod, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye! Oh my pod, oh my pod, you guys. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.